This episode of HBR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Hello, this is Benny for Hacker Public Radio. This is Hacker Public Radio episode 1623 on October the 22nd of 2014. This is yet another episode of two interviews from OCamp. In this episode I interviewed two people from Tech and Coffee, which is a Google Plus Hangout, pretty much, yeah. The first one is George Dasher who was a founder or co-founder of Tech and Coffee. And the second one is Keith Miller, who has his own company and works with cell phone networks in the UK and has some pretty much interesting things to say about cell phones, encryption, especially of non-encrypted traffic controlled by Chinese firms. Well, you decide yourself whether you find this interesting or not. Well, but first we'll listen to George Dasher, what he has to say about tech and coffee and how it came about, where you find it. Here we go. Welcome to Offcamp. Who are you and what are you doing here? My name is George Dasher. Um, I'm from New York but live in Jacksonville, Florida. I flew all the way here to crew for one day at Offcamp, but today I'm enjoying myself. So I'm actually just going around in hanging out with some friends and doing stuff. All right, and what, what do you do in, in the U.S. at home? I do what? IT support for a rather large bank. Um, one of my other claims to fame is Philip was saying here a few seconds ago, walking by saying, George is famous for tech and coffee, which is a, which is a Google Plus Hangout that's been active almost continuously since November 2011. All right, and what's it about? What are the discussions about? Well, it's about everything. We, we, um, there's been some articles about us that proclaim us as being the um, pretty much uh, unofficial Google help desk. People will come in and ask questions, and people will hop over and try to help them out. I started it as a Linux open source thing, but now it's just kind of open to everyone. So you have Mac, Windows, everybody comes in and we just all talk so it's general tech really all right how, how big is it we have almost 40,000 members in our community um, uh, our our hangout isn't public but there's links to get into it so people do find us and we'll come in and ask questions and such is it mainly Americans or is it so everyone for all over the world we get uh, we have a lot of Canadians a lot of Americans a whole lot of British in fact, some of them um, who have come to Tech and Coffee now come to Og Camp because I come here every year, and we all just hang out together. And so it's, we, we call it like a mini Tech and Coffee thing. So we just wear our T-shirts. You can see us all walking around. 
All right, so what's your reason to come to our camp? Well, uh, actually, believe it or not, Peter Cannon of TDTRS, um, we used to uh, chat together in the OpenZuse.us forums, and uh, we had this rapport going where we'd probably just beat up each other, you know how he is, you know, so... Basically, I'd throw my American wit, and he'd throw his, you know, London, I'm going to kick your butt, you know, comedy into it. And basically, um, having befriended him over years, uh, over time, I learned about Linux Outlaws, and then learned about this, and then started coming over. Oh, nice. So, are there any talks you want to see, or are you just here for socializing? Um, a little bit of both. I came here more or less to crew, so usually when I crew, and this year I'm only crewing um, one day, but usually when I do crew the last two years, I usually, sometimes I get to see what I want, but most of the time I don't. But the really interesting thing is when I come here and I, I'm actually inside of a lecture that I really didn't know I wanted to listen to, I end up actually finding it very interesting. So it might not have been something I wanted to listen to, but it's something I've become interested in. So... It's kind of cool. I got, I've been forced to learn other things. All right, great. Could you, for the end, could you tell people how how do they find you or take coffee if they want well, actually, to? Actually, they find. Uh, I, I think they find me not what they expect me to be. I don't know. I mean, it's weird. They'll just talk to me, and um, especially if I'm crew and somebody asks me directions, and then I realize I don't have the accent for giving directions or <laughs> helping people around but as a crew member yeah it's it's a little bit different but it's it's an open source thing we're all here for to support open source you know i'm here as just an open source person and not just an american so all right great thank you thank you it's a pleasure all right this was george dasher now we move on to another interview with keith milner which is a fairly technical interview about cell phone and phone networks. So, to be honest, I didn't get everything he was telling me, but maybe you're more informed about this and you'll understand it. I found especially the second part very interesting, where he talked about encryption and non-encrypted traffic, as I said. All right, let's get going with the interview. That's Keith Milner for you. Here we go. So, this is Benny for HPR, and I'm talking to... Uh, Keith Milner. Right, welcome to Ockham. So, what brings you to Ockham? Um, this is my third year at Ockham. came to the previous two in, uh, in Liverpool, and I got to know about Ockham through George Dosher, who... Uh, as part of a group on G Plus called Tech and Coffee, which is uh, a kind of group of tech-minded people who hang up do uh, Google Hangouts, um, and uh, George has a regular been a regular visitor to to Odd Camp and various other places, and he he kind of suggested that I come along because he was actually uh, coming along, and uh, I hadn't actually met him in person, so I came along to to one in Liverpool back in 2012 and uh, in, enjoyed it thoroughly. So I've been coming since. Yeah, great. I interviewed him before about taking coffee, and he he told me you're an, an interesting person. So, what what makes you what makes you different from the normal Ockham crew? Um, I'm not sure about it. To be honest, actually, I'm probably very similar to most of them. I've I've been a Linux user for a long time. Um, I I run my own company, um, and I have done for a long time. I work in telecoms, um, so but I've always used uh, open source in my company. 
rather than commercial software as a preference. Um, I do use some commercial software, things like VMware and so on, but uh, all my desktop and my laptop systems tend to be uh, Linux-based um, when I'm, I'm using Linux tools. And I do that, and I quite often go and do consulting in, in large telecoms companies like Cable and Wireless and Vodafone and, uh, and uh, BT and so on, and I, I, I tend to sort of promote the use of, of open-source systems there wherever possible as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a geek, open source geek, like most other people uh, here. I think so. so. So that's interesting. You own your own company. What exactly do you do? I'm my I do telecommunications. As I sort of mentioned, I do work with telecoms companies. But I'm a telecommunications engineer by background. Um, so I'm networking. I do a lot of networking. It's a consulting basis, really. So I will go into companies and I work on networks I work on the systems that run their networks and I work on the systems that glue their stuff together so a lot of integration work uh, which open source is actually excellent for um, so um, you know there, there, there might be I've done some work for example on network, large network management systems like BT large network and forecasting systems to likes of BT um, and cable and wireless and people like that and those are large you know they're commercial systems but there's always a kind of how do you actually get the information out of for example an inventory system or out of a, um, a network management system and into the, the the alarm management system and there's a lot of kind of integration work there and open source is perfect for that um, because uh, it gives you the tools to actually do that integration very quickly and easily and cheaply um, but uh, that's that's kind of what I do. I do a lot of um, network and service design and integration stuff. Mobile networks. I'm, I'm doing a lot of mobile networks at the moment. Um, mobile core network designs. All right. Let's say for someone like me who doesn't know anything about telecommunications except I I own a smartphone and I text my girlfriend. So if I text my girlfriend, for instance, where does this text message message? touch your system or your work while you do okay um the it's actually this is something that you could talk about for hours because it's actually quite complex but basically all the core network systems if you if you imagine you've got a phone uh that phone has to register with the network and it registers on the network using um uh, because on on the network there's a thing called hlr which is basically a database um, which has all the details of your SIM card on there, and it's actually got cryptographic keys on it as well. So when your phone tries to connect to the network, first thing it does is say, I need to register. There's some handshaking goes on that works out which HLR, which database you connect to, and then there's a cryptographic key exchange with the um, details of your SIM, the crypt- cryptography keys of your, of your SIM, which have already been preloaded onto the HLR, um, to actually verify that you are who you say you are and and identify you as an account and also to set up encrypted channel for the rest of the communications and then once you've done that there's there's basically is an encrypted data channel um which communicate your phone then uses to communicate with the core network databases and other services um to to allow you to do things like set up a call send an sms and so on and the sms particularly there's a thing called an smsc which is basically a, a message store it's more it's almost like an email server but it's for sms um sms's and uh, but most of it runs on a as a signaling system it's a networks uh, computer telecommunications networks basically live and die on signaling systems because uh, that's what basically instructs um allows each of the devices to communicate to each other how they what to do you know I want to make a telephone call, I want to send an SMS, etc., etc. And the core signalling system used in um, telecommunications networks is something called signalling system number seven, which has been around for years. Um, and uh, 
but it's very, very powerful. And uh, so a lot of work I do is, is on those sort of networks, signaling system networks, um, which, which basically allow, allow devices to actually tell each other, I want to make a telephone call. Um, but yeah, these days there's a lot more VoIP, for example, and VoIP uses a signaling system called SIP, which people probably have heard of. Um, so. Wait, you, you were talking about encryption. Um, I studied math, and in a theoretical course, I learned that GSM is kind of broken, that you can break the encryption with like six minutes of data. Yeah. Worth of data. So I'm interested in... What's what's done to, to solve this? Is there is there well, new technologies to solve? This? I think not at the moment. The, the, there's there's various things though. I mean, one of the problems is that there's a set of algorithms. All because SIMs are basically smart cards, and there's a set of standardised algorithms that um, you can use. And the problem is that in the past, a lot of people have basically used. It's a bit like when you're setting up a VPN, you've got a choice of whether to use, for example, triple des or SSH1 or whatever. And one you choose, it's kind of defines how good your security is. Well, the same sort of thing goes on with GSM. You've got uh, various algorithms that are available to you, but people tend to go with the lowest common denominator. So the problem is, when people do that, you end up with very easily um, cracked networks, and that's one thing. Then the second thing is that when, when you do use those more complex algorithms, which give you better security, people tend to, again, use the default key settings and so you end up with, well, there's one component of the, the, the encryption that, you already, that everyone kind of already knows. The problem is that when you, and I've just gone through this with a company, that if you, if you go through and say, I want to define my SIMs to have a different standard key setting, there's a thing called Millenarge, which is the, the kind of algorithm they use, which is much more secure, then that gives you much better security. But generally speaking, you go to the switch manufacturers like the likes of Ericsson and so on, and they go, oh, we don't support that as standard. Well, that will have to be a special. Yeah. <laughs> and they can do it, and it's basically changing through a few parameters, but, but most, of the, most of the kind of commercial switch vendors who make the core equipment are really not geared up to do that, because, because it's sort of, you know, despite the fact the kit's capable of doing it, they, that they require somebody to go in and do some special work on it, so they usually sort of try and do it as an as a expensive additional thing to um, but um, that's, lo- that's a lot of the problem is because, to be honest, a lot of the people who, a lot of the companies that set up mobile networks don't really understand how it all works. You know, and I, um, that's why the likes of me come in and I sort of help them set it up, but there is so much involved. GSM is probably the single most complex network infrastructure, computing infrastructure in the world. It's just so, there's so much of it and it's so complex in nature. Um, and so things like that get missed. So, uh, but it is it is an issue. But my, my I would I actually say the the bigger issue with with mobile networks and a lot a lot of people don't say how they work. The bigger issue with mobile networks is data. The, the airside stuff is 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 one thing. But once you've got off the radio onto the actual fixed line part of it, you know where they you're you're transmitting between um, networks using fiber optic cables. The the way that that um, mobile networks actually do things like roaming, especially for data, is through these networks called G- uh, GRXs, which are unencrypted. In fact, the companies that run those networks actually sniff the data as a service for the operators. And most of the GRXs in the world are run by Chinese companies. So pretty much, if, you go ro- if you're roaming or if you're using a network 
like GIFGAF or Tesco Mobile or any of those other sort of services which are actually uh, what they call a national roaming agreement, which is an MVNO, where you're um, where the main network is actually run by Telefonica or Vodafone or someone and you're rebranding it, you'll, you will be going via GRX and all of that stuff will be unencrypted, be routinely sniffed and stored, available to almost certainly, I don't know this officially, but almost certainly available to governments for scrutiny and, um, and also available to the telecoms operator and the Chinese, oper- Chinese company that operates the service and none of it's encrypted. Unless, unless you're actually running encrypted stuff, you know, from your handset through. If you're using HTTPS, obviously it is, but anything which isn't, it gets routinely sniffed. And those guys, basically, the the um, they have this technological deep packet inspection, and the DPI technology that's available, you can go into those systems, and after a very short period of collecting data, you can go in and say, pick a telephone number. You can say which telephone numbers have been using this service pick a number and it will say which email addresses are associated with it what websites have they been looking at you know all kinds of stuff like that very very easily it's um it's ridiculous amount of information so so encrypting from the client uh data side you know things like https and ssl are actually becoming much more important in my view because um if you want to retain your privacy it's the only way so Hey, great, thank you. That's interesting talking to you. Okay. Is there anything you'd like our listeners to know, like where to find you on the internet, where to find your company or um, anything? Yeah, I use G Plus more than anything else. I do have a Twitter account, which is uh, at Keith Milner, but um, the best place to find me is, uh, to be honest, is G Plus. And um, I'm at uh, plus Keith Milner on G Plus, so, um, but, you know, fairly easy to find, really. Yeah. Right. Great, thank you thank for you. talking to me. All right, those were the two interviews from Ockhamp this year with members of Tech and Coffee. And I've still got two sets of interviews coming up. And like I told you in the last episode, I in total I've got four sets of interviews, not three. I kind of forgot about the Tech and Coffee one, so here we go. The next set of interview will be with the organizers of Ocamp, Dan and Fab from Linux Outlaws and Mark from Ubuntu UK podcast. And the last interview is one I took with Corin with the crew from Linux Voice magazine. They talk pretty much about their magazine and how they crowdfunded the magazine everything's. If you try to find me, you'll find me as Navigium at, at micro.fragdev.com. That's GNU Social. If you look hard enough, you'll also find me on G Plus or Twitter. And I'm also on SDF as Benny at SDF.org. That's also my email you could use if you like to give me feedback. But the best way to give feedback is to record your own episode anyway, so do this, go recording, because we're low on episodes at the moment. Thank you for listening, and goodbye. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club 
and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license. Thank you.